Hello. Oopsies. Hello. There we go. I could have edited that out very easily, but I didn't want to. I wanted you guys to know I'm human. <laughs> also that I sound like shit. I'm not sick or anything, but I've just been talking so much, <laughs> which I know is my job. But I've just been doing a lot of talking, so it's uh, for some reason making my voice sound like this. I'm going to go drink some tea and uh, call it a week, essentially. Happy Thursday. If you're listening to this on release day, happy Thursday. I'm excited about this episode because this is somebody who I have asked to come on the podcast pretty much since it started. He and I not only went to college together, afterwards we ended up working together um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in that experience because it was uh, an interesting one. It was the job I had before this one that, um, if you know, you know, but we're going to talk about it. So honestly, let's just get to it. He is another one of those people in my life who is a little bit of everything. He does all kinds of media work. He's a photographer for his own business called Sound and City, which you may have heard of. Lately, he's gotten very into our local drag scene and drag photography in general. He also recently started working at Positive Pathways, which is a very important service here in Windsor, Essex. And he's just one of those people where conversation just flows. It always does. So I'm very, very happy, proud, excited to present my friend, Kevin Blondin. Said I love you like that. That was my bad. Didn't think you'd go and slam the brakes like that. Now it's so far gone and no wanna go back. Didn't think you'd leave me in the dust like that. I hate it and hurt it. I hurt it. I hurt it. I hurt it. I try. Now we're loving, we're loving, we're loving, we're loving, we're loving the silence. Finish what we started. Months and months ago. Talking hard to hard and I can't let you go Pick up what we parted, both so vulnerable And if I'm being honest, I couldn't let you go No, I couldn't let you go um, Actually, on my Snapchat the other day, a memory came up from six years ago and okay. it was us working on a school project in your apartment. Yep. And um, we were really high. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was on the memory. And I was, I was like, wow, I miss him oh, so much. Those days don't even feel like six years ago. I, six years ago, we were in school. So, I mean, we'll start with that. It's good to give a little bit of context. Uh, we met at St. Clair when we both did the public relations program. Yeah, we did. Shout out St. Clair. Love St. Clair. <laughs> Big fan. And I feel like it wasn't until second year that we realized that we work pretty well together. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, we'll have fun, but also, like, get shit done and, like, be productive and stuff like that. So For sure. I feel like we were good partners in that way. But you were a little bit late joining the club. I feel like it was club activities oh, that right. really kind of brought us together, too, <laughs> PR right? club, PR club, yeah. all the memories. I feel like, still, you were just, like, one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're just you fun. were always a pleasure to work with, too. I feel like we just really meshed well. Yeah. Um, you definitely brought a good energy to everything we worked on. I've been working with you. It was awesome. It definitely made... Uh, year two a lot easier to kind of cruise through <laughs> okay so you've had a lot of jobs and again we're, we're going to talk about what you're doing now but we got to get some context about you and stuff so pr that's how we met but like prior to that you did a lot of traveling a lot of working and different things i know you worked Definitely. at disney and such so right what was what led you to go to pr and again if you want to give some context is what got you there yeah i guess like i was studying travel and tourism before pr so i just recently graduated from travel and tourism and finished that walt disney world program just before I jumped into PR and met you. Traveling's always definitely been something I really had a passion for. So uh, when I decided to go back to school, travel and tourism just kind of stood out as one of those programs that mm -hmm. seemed like it'd be a lot more fun than learning. Um, <laughs> and admittedly, it probably was a lot more fun than learning. 
I spent one whole semester in Orlando working for Walt Disney World, um, mm-hmm. and that was absolutely incredible. That felt like just being a tourist for a whole semester, going to Disney World on my days off, going there early on the days that I was working, coming back to Windsor and following that program. There wasn't a strong demand locally for tourism jobs, mm-hmm. um, so I knew that I was going to have to kind of develop a few more skills or stick in school a little bit longer, kind of find my career. I had already been doing marketing stuff in the past before going back to school. I was working with bands, working with artists, organizing events and things. So following the travel and tourism program, jumped into the PR program, hoping that it would make me uh, more employable. Um, So yeah, it's definitely helped me get to where I am right now. I'm still working with the PR program. I'm on their professional advisory committee. Just last year, I was working at the Genesis Center at St. Clair College, so that was pretty cool. Definitely a lot of love for St. Clair College, and they've helped me kind of follow a cool career path that's full of a ton of fun and stuff, right? Yeah, I love St. Clair. (laughs) (laughs) Irene and I talk about this all the time. I went to the university in St. Clair, but St. Clair is definitely where my heart is. Um, Okay, so going back working for Disney, what exactly were you doing there? I know you were a student, but like what did they right, do that was that? another really cool experience. So, like, out of my cohort, I mean, most people from that program are getting put into, like, hotels, park attractions, mm-hmm. food and beverage, basic operations like that, I guess. But because of my background experience working with bands and events and stuff, they had found me a position in backstage entertainment, which was just the biggest blessing I could right, have asked yeah. for because every day was just an absolute blast. So I worked evenings at the Magic Kingdom. My attractions that I worked on were the Electric Parade. Uh-huh. Sorry if I'm mislabeling that. The Electrical Parade, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Uh, Disney's Electrical Parade, let's call it. Sure. Um, and Celebrate the Seasons, which was the Christmas Castle Time show. So literally the last three months of my program were spent working every day within Cinderella's Castle. We used the breezeway of the castle was like our green rooms where we were doing uh, costume changeovers and prep and stuff. So going to work every day and going to the castle is like actually a pretty, pretty yeah. cool thing. Got to spend some shifts working up in the balcony with Olaf, which (laughs) seems like really rare to me because I don't imagine too many people get to go up into that balcony. I remember peeking out the curtains and you get that backstage, can't talk, (laughs) you get that like backwards view looking all the way down Main Street and it was Christmas time at the time. So you'd Mm -hmm. see the Christmas tree at the back and you'd see a full castle hub, which is uh, estimated around 40,000 people waiting for our show to start and the hum of the crowd. And then when the curtains open and Olaf addressing the crowd I'm just pressed right against the wall <laughs> so that I'm not peeking out from the curtains um, but just that experience alone I don't you know it seems so unique yeah um, I used to harness in Tinkerbell for her flight above Main Street that's a scary um, thing so things like that were just <laughs> cool little things where it's like that's my job every day like I get to do that I get to kind of touch that many people's vacation experiences yeah. and it was it was definitely a really cool experience That would be. I know a couple of people who have worked at Disney through school, and every single one of them are like, it's the best experience ever. Oh, absolutely. And also, like, living in Orlando, too, is just. Well, for sure. That was the other thing, right? So, like, I wasn't completely in the Disney bubble, but certainly it has its perks, and you have free park admission. So, you try to spend as much time during your program really enjoying those things. I must have seen the Festival of the Lion King probably 35 times, and I'll never (laughs) get sick of that. But definitely, like, my days off, you know, I bought um, an annual pass for Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. I remember Halloween Horror Nights was absolutely mind-blowing. I remember going to see Cirque du Soleil La Nuba, which has been closed since then, and 
cool foreshadowing because a couple of years after that program, I was uh, working with Cirque du Soleil quite a bit too. But I was just being a tourist in every way I could. I figured if I'm only going to be here for about six months, I want to learn about how tourism, what makes it tick in Orlando. I was just doing everything I could. I definitely left a big piece of myself there. And mm. um, I feel like I'm back home whenever I'm back in the area. It's good to have that. I feel like that's Puerto Rico for me. <laughs> oh, I, I would love to visit Puerto Rico. I'm sure. You, I honestly, I've been a few times. I think you would love it too. <laughs> anyway. You know, of all the places I visited, though, nowhere really felt as much like home as Orlando did and living yeah. in Florida. It's good to know that about yourself. So mm-hmm. we'll just like transition then, I guess, to um, school. We do school, PR. We graduate. I did another year of schooling, but you ended up at some point, we got to reconnect after um, college in a very interesting way because you were working at a marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should say their name. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, um, but we were working at a marketing agency together. You 100% helped me get that job. Um, and it was a very interesting formative time for me. It was the job I had before I, I came here. Right. And that was incredible for me, too, because I already knew how well we worked together in school and meshed well together. So when we had a position open and we had connected at an event as well, and I just knew you were going to fit well. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that we'd be sharing offices and be able to work so close again. That was absolutely incredible. It was a... (laughs) <laughs> a short time, but an awesome time. It was 11 and, and, months that I was there, yeah. And some of the projects that we got to work on and stuff, I definitely um, I definitely have a lot of uh, respect and love for that time in my life. Yeah. Like, I could reflect back and kind of ignore the bads yeah. and just see like the value that I got from it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, working with Cirque du Soleil was hugely rewarding for yeah. me for sure. The experience itself of you know that agency... The environment was one thing, but the experience we got out of it, and it took a long time for me to accept that, mm-hmm. I guess, because I, I think I just had so much bitterness <laughs> towards, like, the treatment, I guess. But, yep. again, this is a place that's known for this. But um, <laughs> but I feel like we had the most fun, and I feel like we probably drove people crazy because we were always <laughs> listening to music in our office. For sure. Or I feel like they would, they would try to break us up. They would but put I us mean, in separate places. <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of the same thing almost everywhere yeah. I work where it's like you, you have to make it fun and you got to be having fun. Yeah. Um, and if that's something that management is kind of trying to crack down on or cut back on, yeah. it's like that's the wrong idea and the wrong type of culture for sure. I agree. Um, but we found our ways to have fun, absolutely, <laughs> in a place where it was almost impossible to make fun. Um, <laughs> it could be. I feel like we were, I mean, we a lot of us, not just you and I, but a lot of people within that place have bonded over the treatment we'll say, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. um, but that's the thing is you have to stick together because like it can be it almost felt at times like they didn't want us to have any kind of unity because of kind of how bad it could be. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Again, it's like I'm very grateful for it now. But when I had the opportunity to go to a company and even kind of switch industries in a way, but like to go somewhere where I felt like I was actually celebrated and like they wanted you to be yourself and not what somebody else needed you to be. Like that was a right. that was an interesting time. It was a sure. very interesting. And you know what? I, I remember really saying I felt like working there. And I was, I mean, I was young as in I was like, it was like four years ago, three years ago, but I was kind of ignorant in the fact that like I was willing to be whatever it is that they needed me to be. And it was transferring to my real life. Like I was finding that my friends were talking about stuff and I was like, guys, shut up. Like, you don't even know what I'm dealing with at work right now. Like, this is so stressful. And like my friends would be like complaining about school and I would be like, literally shut up. And then I was like, that's so unfair. (laughs) That's not true. Like, I shouldn't be like that. So that was an indication for me that like 
it was time to get up out of there. But the whole um, exit for, I think, both of us was very interesting. And I don't even know if we've really gotten to talk about it, but we won't do it now because <laughs> I don't know. That might could. be another show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We might have to have different people who have left that place on a podcast. Well, that'd be an interesting reunion, eh? Right? That would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, we both leave this job or, or whatever happens with that job, we're out. So where did you go after that? Because I feel like since then... Oh, man, things got dark for a quick little bit. Well, also the that pandemic, the pandemic hit too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I went straight to just completely out of work and mm-hmm. on complete kind of home isolation, like not even going out, like looking at the world literally on social media and out my window. Things got real weird and I was just <laughs> finding other ways to kind of keep busy, like the mm-hmm. Carol Baskin drinking game and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'd hang a flag out my window, like, honk if you thought Carol Baskin killed her husband. I'd do shots of tequila when people honked. I would. I started a coloring contest thing right, on Instagram. Yeah. That was a pretty cool campaign that kept me busy for a few months. Yeah. I collected kind of blank, black line only artwork from local artists and used the Instagram platform to kind of push the local artist artwork and encourage uh, the public to kind of utilize the tools within Instagram to kind of color and decorate these art pages and to share them online. And I can say that that was like completely my brainchild and um, but it got really time consuming and pretty busy. Got me through some severe isolation. Um, but <laughs> I after... will say, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I will say that like when you have a project in mind and you know what, I feel like it's maybe there's like a select few people where it's like when they have something that they want to do, like a brainchild or, what, or what, whatever you say, like they do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, I'll say this about this podcast. Like nobody required me to do this. I've just always wanted to do it. So right. I just picked up and started doing it. And whether or not it gets like, the um, traction that I think it deserves or whatever the case may be like it none of that even matters to me because I'm just doing something and it, sure. it's so important to me yep. so I get it man. I agree I like talk is talk and action is action yeah. I think I learned kind of those things even back before we had met and before I had returned to school and I was mm-hmm. working on uh, the church house network and working with bands and promoting and stuff you know it was easy to sit around with friends and come up with great ideas of all the things we could be or should be doing mm-hmm. it was another thing to kind of motivate those friends to like keep the ball rolling and yeah. like push it beyond just the conversation and turn it into action and that's the hardest make thing things happen yeah the hardest thing is to get people interested in what you're interested in and like to see yep. it as their own too it's it's yeah yeah you get yep. it <laughs> and keeping people motivated too right so, so can we move to your drag stuff I want to talk about drag. You want to jump right Let's, over to I the want to drag talk stuff? right into drag. I know you were talking about your isolation and stuff, but I feel like this is around the time that I started seeing you doing a lot of work with Lavender, with local yep. drag. What you do now, it's drag photography. Yep. How did that get started? So I guess this goes back again to when we were kind of in school. And uh, so I guess around 2016, 17, I was starting to do uh, concert photography, Mm -hmm. not super seriously, but because I had kind of the media contacts, I knew that if I created the content, it'd be easy to find the publishers to to put it out. So I started looking for just some of my favorite artists and their Detroit tour stops. And I would put out media requests to shoot their concerts. And it was just kind of a way to go to the concerts on a Mm -hmm. student's budget and just, (laughs) well, I can't really afford the tickets right now, but I could snap shots and publish them and help you guys kind of build a buzz. So I was shooting smaller bands. You know, I started with some of my favorite like Canadian acts and stuff like Five Alarm Funk whenever they'd come to our hometown or Mm -hmm. definitely 
like go shoot them all the time um and then bands like moon hooch started coming to detroit and i started applying for media access to shoot them and was getting approval so i mean that was a blast um and that was all kind of while i was still in school and that grew i found that if i just put out the request i kept getting the approval so there was kind of no limits to the level of bands i could shoot or the mm-hmm. size of venues and arenas i could shoot in it was kind of a free-for-all what are you interested in and go get it right yeah. um so i shot a lot of my favorite bands and artists in that time the drag thing kind of got rolled in because i started watching rupaul's drag race really yeah, yeah. and i just became interested in drag culture um and i think the first drag event I ever shot was um, Work the World Tour at Motor City Casino in 2018. Which is big. And that was actually a really cool special event, too, because I actually met Josh Justice, who's currently my publisher with ShotsFromTheShow.com. He was at the same event. We met there. I kind of shot the shit a little bit and uh, kept in contact in the future. Fast forward another year or two, and I'm doing Cirque du Soleil PR and marketing. Um, so I would keep Josh on my media list and make sure I was inviting him to photograph uh, whenever Cirque du Soleil was in the Detroit market. And then, you know, about another year after that, he decides to start his own kind of platform for sharing concert photography called Shots from the Show. So he started publishing other photographers. I reached back out to him and said, you want somebody to exclusively cover drag events for Shots from the Show? So I know it's like a a concert photography platform, but Mm -hmm. I like to publish all of my drag photography there. And I mean, his publication helps me get the credentials I need to get to the events and stuff that I want to cover. So it's all kind of been a great working relationship. Following that, Work the World Tour, obviously I was blown away by that production. It's an incredible tour. And I got to shoot so many incredible queens just in one fast night at Motor City Casino. And was just like, what a buzz. Like, how can I do more of that? So coming back to Windsor after that show and looking up, like, what what happens in Windsor? Is there a drag scene in Windsor? Mm -hmm. Lawrence Lavender and Lavender Promotions was and is one of the main kind of dominant agencies in the area for bringing mm-hmm. drag talent to town. So I started shooting for Lawrence right away. I came back and said, what's your schedule look like? When do you got shows coming up? At the time, the first shows in Windsor I shot were like Kimchi, Ginger Minge, mm. um, Spice Queens, a few <laughs> shows like that to kind of break the ice to start shooting drag shows locally. The frequency was about once a month he was having drag shows. And I quickly kind of offered up more of my services to Lawrence right off the hop. If you need help with press releases, media relations, kind of coordinating any type of media requests that come through or anything, I'd be happy to do that. So yeah, I'd been working with Lawrence and Lavender Promotions ever since. I'm really spreading myself pretty thin already (laughs) these days and kind of I take on quite a bit of projects. I'm not going to say more than I can chew, but my mouth is full. Um, And then just always chasing that like what's going to give me a better buzz from this? Like, how could I get yeah. an even bigger show? What, who are my favorite queens and how can I shoot them? Like, that. And there really is lots, too. I feel like I'm always seeing even these, like, see, this is a question that I have for you. I, I have a bunch of questions specifically about drag because when we used to work together, we used to talk about drag queens all the time. Yep. But now you've done so much more. Like, it, it's extensive. Um, and what I know about drag is, like, extensively kind of RuPaul stuff. I <laughs> wish that I knew more about, like, local drag queens and stuff. I mean, I do know about these events. I follow you and I follow Lavender and we talk mm-hmm. and such. But I I feel like we have this very rich community 
And again, we have all of these big names. Like I saw Naomi Smalls was just here. Yep. So I've said the same thing when I was blown away when I first started working with Lawrence, coming from a background of event organizing in the city, especially here in Windsor. It's an odd market. It's really peculiar and it's really tough. Mm -hmm. And he's really built a strong community and it's sustainable. So I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. And I remember during the pandemic talking with local drag queens and stuff and saying, for being such a small market as Windsor, and we're getting all the same big names as, you know, bigger cities like Toronto and Detroit. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like a hyper training course for drag queens. Like if you're in Windsor, you're you're going to learn a lot really quickly because yeah. you're going to be working with those big names fairly regularly, yeah. which is incredible for a market this size, I think. Tons of props to Lawrence and everything he's done in the community he's built here. He continues to bring high-end drag shows to town. We're really lucky here. Yeah. But just to kind of add on to that, so the transition for me from concert photography to drag photography would have happened, I think, would have been right before maybe the pandemic. I was shooting a band that's been one of my favorite bands for as long as I can remember since I was a teenager and I'd shot them the year before and then they'd come back a year later and I was shooting them at another venue go home to edit all the photos didn't realize till I got home and start the editing that the lead singer's wearing the exact same t-shirt as he was the year before in my other photos I'm essentially looking at a screen full of like duplications (laughs) of the photos I took like the year before I remember having this kind of like revelation like why am I still messing with like rock concert photography and stuff if these artists and musicians don't care to wear more than ripped jeans and a t-shirt on stage what do they need updated photos right like it seems almost like they don't even want their photos taken right whereas like (laughs) a drag queen um, when i'm shooting drag queens it's expected they're putting like two hours into their hair and makeup their costume and wardrobe has all been thought out lighting looks and it's all about the visuals at that point right so if i'm going to be behind my camera snapping photos i'd rather be snapping photos of people who look like they want their photo taken yeah so that was one of the last rock concerts i ever shot i I really didn't i mean I, i i wanted to ask you like what and again, I know that you've always like enjoyed drag, but what about drag specifically drew you to that? So that that makes a lot of sense. But oh yeah, the culture, the colors, the qu- costumes, okay. the makeup, the skills—like oh my god, it just seems to me like something that draws more attention that deserves more to be in front of my lens I guess I could say like so that's kind of when I started taking on the drag cons last year I went to LA for drag con yeah and then in January I went to the UK and next week or two weeks from now I don't know pretty soon I'm back (laughs) in LA shooting drag con again and those weekends are just mind-blowing yeah can we can we talk about that um for sure i am a again my knowledge of drag doesn't really expand farther than rupaul unfortunately but i'm a huge huge trixie and katya fan huge major disgustingly katya is everything to me (laughs) i love them but when i i watch their videos and such and they talk about drag con as if it's like the most exhausting stimulating exciting but draining and I I guess that's as you know the performer but what's what do you see I guess backstage and like again you see like the background of all of these big names that we hear of and stuff in this big giant RuPaul led festival 100% (laughs) it's the world series of drag for sure Um, for me it's like you could look at just the artist lineup alone just the Queen's Walk like if I was only shooting Friday morning and that was it I'm still leaving shooting estimated about probably 200 queens just on like the pink carpet in the first morning alone yeah 
just from a standpoint of like building content for your own social platforms like mm-hmm. that is like hyper accelerated i go for one weekend and i'm essentially capturing about four or five six months worth of content in yeah. one weekend mm-hmm. from a backstage like kind of point of view i don't really get too far backstage i get press room access and stuff <laughs> so that's pretty neat and i certainly get the opportunity to get a little bit of like FaceTime and one-on-one with like anyone I want to fit into my schedule for that weekend. You mean like queen wise? Um, yeah. So I get a lot of meet and greets done. I'm pretty busy and I'm focused on work. So, I mean, I'm short. I'm not necessarily, <laughs> I'm short. That's hilarious. If you know me, I'm also a very tiny human. Um, <laughs> like I'm short with my time. So like uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm focused on working and trying to collect as much content as I can while I'm there. So I'm not taking up too much time to speak to the artists because mm. they all have huge lineups of guests that yeah. want to meet them Their and snap photos too. Yeah, yeah. So being respectful of that because I am fanboying at Mm -hmm. at the time and wanting to meet them and wanting to talk to them so much but also wanting to just snap my photos get out and get to the next one and snap more photos but the experience alone like the amount of queens I get to meet and the level of professionalism of these queens like these are all franchise queens Mm -hmm. they've all been on drag race and they come from different franchises so they're not just from the u.s Mm -hmm. drag race they're canadian queens they're from holland they're from spain italy i came from a background of only really watching the u.s franchise when canada came out i watched canada too just because of course i'm gonna watch canada but i wasn't really watching any of the other franchises and when Mm -hmm. i went to the first drag con in la last year i found that i only really recognized the u.s queens and i had a lot of homework to do if I was going to kind of figure out who everybody else was and what their backgrounds were. So I kind of had a way bigger strategic plan in January going to the UK. I had been following multiple franchises by that point. And it's a lot. And it's a growing number because every year they're announcing more countries and, and then more they're franchises. Doing all-stars, and then they're doing all-stars all winners. Oh, and then 100%, they're doing, right? Did you see the all-stars lineup they just announced? Yes, I yes. have. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I do love, again, and, and maybe it's because, not that I'm falling off because it's always going to be something I love and it feels like it's, when I watch Drag Race and I'm like vigilant with it and and I watched you know this season and I love to go back I love to watch old seasons over again oh yeah um, just don't go all the way back to season one. Uh, <laughs> Do um, you remember the first season that you watched? Uh, the first season I ever watched was Trixie and Katya's season, okay. and it was new at the time. Yep. Like, it was airing live. Um, so since then, I've stayed on it. I didn't watch the second season of Canada's Drag Race. I watched the first, and I enjoyed it. But again, you can really see the, not the discrepancies, but the differences between... Production um, value. In, in different I, places. I honestly, like, miss whenever RuPaul's not there, too. It's like... I'm kind of feeling the pain feel a bit. It. And, and it's I love Brooklyn. But yeah. No. I feel a little gimmicky. Okay, so um, going back, drag con or just experience in general. The other day, actually, I saw, um, I was going through TikTok, and I'm sure you've seen this. I hope you've seen this. If not, I'm going to go hunt it down. <laughs> but I saw this video of this very young little girl meeting Naomi Smalls. Okay. And in Windsor? It, well, there was a big lavender uh, yeah, yeah. backdrop. So yep. it was like this very sweet video, and the, the mom had shared it and was just like, thank you so much, Naomi, for this. Uh, you know, like she was so good with the, the daughter and stuff like that. And she's right. just, and I was like, hey, I recognize that background. That's in Windsor. And oh, yep. she was just here. So that makes sense. But yep. it had like millions of views, and I was so excited by it. But I do know the exact um, child you're speaking of Um, she got a lot of great attention okay so Naomi Smalls is just an example and I know that this is maybe a hard question but in terms of like the queens who you've met which have you been the most excited 
to maybe interact with? Oh man, that's a good question. So at DragCon is definitely where I get the best opportunity for that. I don't know. It's almost like a I'm removed from the situation because I'm in work mode. But sure. when I go back and think about it, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was sitting there talking to Jasmine Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Like, it's unreal <laughs> to me. But, like, Jasmine Kennedy would be one of them at the last drag con. I, she's so sweet and so damn pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vivian Vanderpuss was absolutely charming, delightful. Like, yeah. um, you know, now because I hit this one a little bit different than the last one and I was doing research and stuff, like, beforehand, right? did all my homework, so it was really interested to find out that Vivian Vanderpuss was born and raised in Kingsville so I was like obviously I'm going to talk to her about that so when I met her uh, the first morning at DragCon introduced myself I'm Kevin I'm from Windsor Uh I knew that would be well received she's like oh my god and I'm like I know you're from Kingsville that's kind of cool a little quick little search Wikipedia quick Google search dig up a little bit of background you find those sweet little spots where you kind of connect with the artists and stuff too right Um, favorites like I got to meet Carrie Colby once but it was on a rooftop in LA it was my first time ever seeing Carrie Colby in person I don't even think I was current with the Drag Race show at that time, so I don't even think I'd seen her season. But you can't so that was see just, that face and not be like, holy oh my crap. goodness. Like, yes, she Gorgeous. breaks my heart every day. So, <laughs> um, And when I met her, I didn't get to even really talk with her because I was meeting a whole group of queens. It was kind of a showcase. It was on a roof in Hollywood during DragCon weekend. The lineup that night was like Eureka, Priyanka, mm. uh, Carrie Colby, Kylie Sonique Love. Mm. It was hosted by Mayhem Mill. Mm. And I got to meet like all kind of eight of those queens or whatever at one time just for a quick meet and greet and photo. And obviously I'm just like, I go stupid almost every time anyways. It's almost better if I don't talk to them when I meet them because I'm a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Um, Like the couple times I have got to meet Eureka, like, can I get anywhere with that? Like, no. Like, I'm just like, like, uh, I got to shoot you in Detroit. Uh, You're so awesome. I don't know what to say. It's almost embarrassing. So better if I don't do my speaking at that moment. Sure. Um, Some awesome people. Oh, I get to meet so many. Yeah. So so many cool queens for sure. So can we... Um, We're going to pivot a little bit, and I'm sure you have an opinion on this and whether or not you want to share it, but, you know, drag and drag queens have been a real fixation in politics lately. (laughs) In so many cases, it just feels like it's targeted for such stupid reasons, and and it just it drives me insane. Um, As somebody who loves drag, but also just, like, is a progressive human, how can we hate people for being expressive and loving and sharing and and doing everything and I've always said this I love drag because it's people who are doing this big showy thing where everything in the world is telling them not to do that do you know what I mean like I feel like it's the toughest and the most like vulnerable and amazing thing that people can do and now that they're being targeted it just feels so fucking wrong oh the whole conversation makes my brain hurt I honestly just can't even understand why we are targeting such a positive and incredible form of art. Yeah. Um, there's clearly no hate coming from the art. They're no. not using this art to express hate and create dividing lines. No. It is the most open, free-form, loving, loving yeah. form of art I've ever seen. But, I mean, people got to hate, and they're going to find things to hate anyways, and they're always going to hate the things that they understand the least as yeah. well. And if there's still a reluctance to understand queer culture, then people are just going to backlash at it. and they, they, they don't understand it. They don't know about it. It, they yeah. don't want to know about it 
and maybe their beliefs tell them everything about it is wrong. Um, I just can't understand how this is even a conversation in this day and age. It honestly feels like we're going backwards. Like yeah. for years, I felt like we were making some sort of progress or things were getting better. Yeah. Um, it feels like we're taking many large steps back right now. I can't figure out for the life of me why this conversation happens, why yeah. we're in this position and why we're targeting such incredible artists. Because, I mean, people, when we come, we're talking about divide and whatever, people need to pick something to be the focus, the scary thing, the bad thing that they're targeting. Like right now, it's also Bud Light, right? Like oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's all these very micro-specific things. But when you take something that has been around for so fucking long, and whether people want to talk about it or not, the amount of things that drag has influenced, the amount of things that queer culture has influenced that are just part of our lives and like that we love and accept and, and are amazing, but then we're going to pick on these specific people. I love Benda Lacrampe. Oh, yeah. And Ben Lacrum was on um, yeah. CNN talking about this okay. and just said, like, and there, what I am really loving, too, is that, I mean, and I hate that this is happening, that they have to do this, but all of these drag queens are getting this opportunity to say, this is who we are, and they're doing it so calmly and, like, lovingly. And even though they're being attacked like this, like, and this is what I mean by Ben Lacrum was just there, wasn't there saying, like, fuck you guys for coming after us and, like, fuck what you're trying to say, but was so just, like, Come learn about it. Like, sure. if you want to talk about it, come see what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, about. you have to face the ignorance with grace, for yeah. sure. Um, Which is unfair because like, you see this in so many situations where people are being targeted for whatever the, the reason may be, but they have to show this kind of resilience when people are being so childish and so right. ridiculous and so ignorant towards them. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, and it's also awful. And, again, it's important that the conversation is happening, I guess. But I hope that this brings more people like, it only makes people, you know, want to support drag harder, especially at, like, yep. a small level, too, like here and such. But, you know, that, that, that's your thing. <laughs> that's what you're working <laughs> on, I know. So um, you received most recently a grant for yes. your photography, for your drag photography. So uh, how did that come about? What happened there? Oh, and it came at such a good time, too. I got to tell you, like, it's easy to kind of lose your steam doing this sort of thing, too, where yeah. it's a lot of volunteer work. There's not a lot of gratification. I'm trying to build something on social media, trying to build a following and an audience, yeah. just kind of get hit with the blues. Like, is this working? What yeah. is it all for? Is like, why do it? I yeah. put all this time and effort into this? Mm-hmm. You know, none of it's really self-gratifying. You won't find my name even on my own photos. I don't watermark my photos typically mm. and stuff too. Like, everything I do is just to kind of put it out there. Here's free content. Whether the queens want it, the fans want it, media outlets want it. I'm just trying to build kind of visibility, right? Mm-hmm. I was kind of losing a little bit of pep in my step. Uh, the last couple of grant applications I'd put forth to the city were not approved, mm-hmm. and that's also a little bit discouraging. So getting approved for this one was kind of a nice win where I'm like, okay, this is a good chance. So a yeah. little bit of acknowledgement now, maybe being a little bit recognized for the work I'm doing and mm-hmm. the uniqueness of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only person shooting drag events. I'm not the first person shooting drag events, not by any means. You're the only I but know, I, I But I say. do <laughs> think that like in this area, I may be the only photographer who's exclusively shooting drag. Yeah. I have no, you know, it doesn't even interest me to do portrait work studio work mm-hmm. uh weddings Corporate, um, yeah. even the concert stuff i'm 
doesn't really interest me anymore. I just shoot drag stuff because I love it. I want to kind of build that type of content and create that visibility and inclusion, right? Yeah. But so the grant money, yeah, yeah that's where we're at. <laughs> Uh, the so grant money is great. I put in an application to uh, kind of build a database, a space to kind of archive all the photos I've been taking. Although most of my photos are usually published with small online publications, it's not all kind of collected in one easy to find and easy to catalog place. So if fans or queens or their agencies and reps or anybody's looking for photos and content, you kind of got to dig all over the place to find it. So I just want to put all my original photos into a big database and catalog it so it could be found by artists, by date, by venue, by productions company. was also inspired by the work of a local historian, Walter Cassidy, who is, I guess, and has been um, digging up a lot of the research on Windsor's drag history. And this stuff dates all the way back to like the 1860s. I think he's what? gone far back enough. Yeah. Amazing. So we have a, I know locally we do have a very rich history when it comes to drag, but for sure. That's fantastic. And so, so. Working with Walter, aside from this, in my day job, I met Walter through working at Positive Pathways because he also was doing the timeline of our agency's history. So I'd met him, learned a little bit about his efforts as a researcher, historian in the area, mm-hmm. and kind of thought, like, if it's that hard for you to dig up all this data, these yeah. pictures, these names, this stuff, and I'm sitting on, like, the current data, but it's not public, Being, there's yeah. no public access to it or anything, then, like maybe maybe my next step should be to try to catalog all this and make it publicly accessible right so that in the future other historians and researchers don't (laughs) have to dig too hard to unearth this stuff they just go right to the website type in dates type in venues type in names and kind of collect all this content and history Um, so i guess the city did too because they decided to throw some money at it so i'm building a website with the website for this is going to come like a rebrand as well so Mm -hmm. you could still find me right now as sound and city which was kind of my photography brand when i had started out um now that i've transitioned to completely drag content it kind of gets lost on followers like where's the connection here right sure so i'll be building a website and i'll be going through a rebrand um no real dates as to when i plan to fully transition the new brand i mean for now and as long as i can tell for the next few months you can find me at sound and city on instagram and facebook yeah that was gonna Um, be my question but i will definitely be rebranding in the near future that'll come with news of the launch of the website and everything as well (laughs) but yeah important um, work man and I, and you're right it's something that even if it's not something that like people are looking for at this moment it's great to have that cataloged and I think that people don't realize how challenging it is until they go looking for something like that oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean so that, that's fantastic so um sounded city as of right now but we'll we'll be on the lookout for whatever new um why can we look forward to in terms of shows other than your, your personal project you just mentioned, but in terms of just like locally, what can we look for? Well, what I'm looking forward to most right now is hopping on a plane, heading back to LA for drag con 2023. Right, right. Keep a lookout for you in the background I, on the live streams. Right. Oh, it should be easier to find now too. and rock a little bit of a Mohawk. And stuff yeah. too, so trying to get a bit of attention. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm excited for. I can't wait to meet uh, so many more Queens. I'm still trying to turn Danny beard into my best friend or convince Danny beard that we need to be 
super close friends because I feel that. We'll put it out there um, right now. <laughs> so, you know, when I met him in the UK, he seemed super cool and super receptive to the idea of being best friends. He said, you know, we just got to go out and party, right? So we'll look out for your work with DragCon coming up. Look look to see me hanging out with Carrie Colby because I can't <laughs> wait. I think that um, I'd really love to be close with Carrie as well. I can't wait to meet Sasha. Like... Um, locally, shows that are coming up, there's the Sugar Rush thing, right? Hosted by Coco Star. Uh, mm-hmm. Coco Star is one of the Lavender Queens, and she's been kind of taking a front seat on promoting more local events as Lawrence kind of steps back into more of a artist management role. Mm-hmm. His roster of queens that he manages from, you know, uh, Lavender Promotion is not just an event productions company he's mm-hmm. also a boutique kind of agency for um, artist management mm-hmm. so he's got a roster of about 20 queens spread out from coast to coast across canada i always um, see new ones popping in too like a new announcements of, oh yeah constantly yeah, signing new ones all the time lawrence will be at DragCon as well um, yeah. and shellazon will be there so it's cool because it's starting to feel like the family vibe and stuff too yeah. even just like the community right shooting drag events for me was so far removed from like shooting concert photography because Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm like a part of something and there's a community there and everybody's happy and fun and wants to talk to everybody and meet everybody and I I don't think the concert photography scene ever really had that vibe or at least I wasn't feeling it so much it's a little more competitive Um, I guess so yeah I, I love the community I love this role I love being able to capture moments from special drag events um I love getting FaceTime with some of my favorite television stars and stuff, <laughs> which is pretty cool. It is cool. I'm jealous. Right? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the question was anymore. I ramble, <laughs> The question right? was what to look forward to, but I mean, I'm going to link all of your stuff and all of Lavender stuff too so that if anybody, so that everybody can follow and stay up to date with this because I know that you guys are working right. hard. You're busting your ass to get the word out. And I guess like one final little ending message, again, um, drag all of this is kind of just like a hot buzzword right now but what what is I think something that you just like want people to know about drag specifically having been so close to it like I mean if you've never seen a drag race episode or never been to a live (laughs) drag event and you already have these like preconceived ideas of what it might be or might not be I mean just just go do it Mm -hmm. and go to an event or even watch the show just kind of with an open mind and not kind of trying to push too many of your ideas, but just watch. I mean, this stuff is for fun. It's entertainment. These are artists that are putting hours of their day into preparing just Mm -hmm. to entertain you, to make you laugh, to make you smile, to make you dance. Like Multi-talented. It's amazing. Absolutely. So... I mean, just give it a shot. Give it a chance. And, um, What's the worst I've, that happens? You like I it? I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen anybody leave a drag show, like, upset, angry, yeah. in a bad mood. Like, it's, it's 100% fun from start to finish. So, I, I mean, how people are finding it in their hearts to, to hate on this scene is just mind-boggling to me i don't understand it at all um but yeah if you've never been to a show go i mean every show it's usually the most popular question at the show i've never been to a drag show where the host at some point doesn't say is this anybody in the room's first drag show and there's Mm -hmm. always a huge amount of people that it's their first drag show which tells me that this continues to grow every show is a huge group of people's first drag show it's just going to continue to grow as more franchises get added to more countries Mm -hmm. um it's going to grow and grow and grow we layer on these all-star seasons and we have and and, you know what whether you love rupaul or not that that is 
he's created such a, a platform for these people to do this and us to love it. You know so what my I mean? biggest goal with these drag cons is kind of to meet RuPaul, <laughs> which doesn't happen, right? Like there isn't any opportunity to meet, yeah. meet RuPaul. Yeah. Um, RuPaul's not doing meet and greets or anything. RuPaul's doing the ribbon cutting in the morning, yeah. uh, DJ set in the afternoon and disappearing after that. Yeah. You might see them through like a window on the second floor peeking in on the showroom. But other than that, like to meet them is, is next to impossible. Um, <laughs> in the UK, I'd kind of went out for a little bit of a smoke break in kind of a backstage area and RuPaul was about 25 feet away from me <laughs> sitting in a golf cart and I'd went through great efforts for the last drag con to make myself stand out my hair was pink and blue mm -hmm. and standing straight up and RuPaul looked directly at me so I'm like okay RuPaul saw me like didn't <laughs> like didn't glance by like no. RuPaul noticed me and looked at me so there's the first step right yeah. now now what I'm looking for this time is recognized I want to be recognized yeah. this time RuPaul's gonna you. see me yeah I'm gonna start to become a familiar face yeah you know maybe a couple more drag cons RuPaul's gonna pull me into the golf cart and we'll go for <laughs> ride or something right <laughs> sounds Big stupid dreams. but biggest goal like i just need rupaul to like notice me meet me talk to me it's like being talked to by um, god it's a big for thing. sure like <laughs> oh i can't wait honestly that's what i'm trying to achieve yeah. well i'm excited to see um you know what comes of it the content and uh yeah we'll be sure to direct people your way Thank you so much for the time, Kim. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, I want so to do this. See you. I want to do this again. Can you, we do this every Friday? Yeah, well, every single Friday. <laughs> when you're back from DragCon and you have more stories, and hopefully you get to uh, get recognized by RuPaul one step at a time, sure. we'll come back. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, I'll be sure to direct everybody your way. But yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna cut this right. Classic. Cut this right here. As always, thank you for sticking around to the end. How can you be sad when there's people like Kevin in the world? We love him. Make sure you check out him and all of his pages in the bio. And I will see you in two weeks. I try to find love, but you got nothing for me. I try to find trust, but you're leaving surely. I'm never good enough, don't try to please me Cause it'll take some time to realize Oh, nothing I say will fix things Nothing I do will make this better, yeah Nothing I say will fix things Just leave my heart, I could do better How does it feel to lose?
nothing I do will make this better, make this better. Oh, how does it feel to lose? Yeah, how does it feel to lose? How does it feel to lose? Oh, you had your good bond.